Good evening, hockey fans, and welcome to the first live episode of American Beauties, your home for AHL news, notes, talkers, and more. We're brought to you by the Old City Sports Network. My name is Dan Bradley. Alongside me tonight, Sam Wismer. Sam, we're live. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> We've got a great show in store for everybody tonight, and we want to jump right in here. We've got a special guest joining us, Colin Mulvey of Lugaroo Apparel. Uh, Colin spent some time playing around the junior and minor hockey circuit, uh, some D3 college hockey in there as well. Colin, welcome to the show. I uh, got to be here, especially being the first live. Uh, feels feel honored. History on the show for sure. Um, Colin, I want to talk to you a little bit about your uh, time in the ECHL, your time playing overseas, and then later on a little bit more about what you're doing with Lugaroo. Um, but I want to start by asking about uh, how you have seen the game change in your time playing at minor league levels and playing overseas. How have you seen things change since you hung up the skates? Uh, honestly, I wish I played about five years later than I did because the game now suits me far better than when I was playing. Um, when I, when I entered the league, I know my first preseason game in Wheeling, um, the coach comes into the locker room before the game. He's like, all right, guys, if you're a goal scorer, score a goal tonight. If you're a playmaker, make plays. If you can't do either of those, let's get, let's see some action, AKA let's get some fights. And right off the hop, there's two fights in the right off the puck drop. I think there's 10 fights that night. It was just a melee and I'm not a fighter. I'm a little soft bitch. We'll be honest. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, I got, I guess I got a score tonight. Um, but yeah, the, the game was much more physical, much more demanding. And then, yeah, my first year in wheeling, we had like six or seven guys who would fight like very consistently. And then by my fourth year pro in Cincinnati, um, fighting was sporadic at best, maybe once or twice a game. Um, the physicality of the game had completely decreased and it was much more about speed, puck possession, um, skill, which is much more tailored to how I played. So I kind of timed it wrong, but the game right now is, it's much more of a finesse game than a physical game when I started. I've got to ask being that I'm in Cincinnati and you're in Cincinnati, you played and you're living here now. Did you have a favorite spot to go for food before or after the game? Oh, she's in Cincinnati. When I was playing here, no. Um, now that I live here in Cincinnati, I, one of my favorites would be Crown Republic downtown. Um, Kung Food in Covington's pretty good. Uh, I don't know. I like Mazunte for tacos and, and food like that, but nothing. Nothing when I was playing. I, I didn't have any uh, any go tos besides like Chipotle or something like that. Have you been to uh, Gomez at all for uh, for a turtle? Yeah, so I own another house in um, East in Walnut Hills, and my back door is a butt to Gomez. But I honestly, I don't like creamy sauces, so I didn't get a turtle. I got something else, and I, I didn't care for it. I'd rather go to Mazunte. Fair enough. Even though they're my neighbors, so, so I shouldn't say that. So I got to keep happy. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I, I used to live like right across the street too, not too far away from uh, from a Gomez, and would always go down there. Yeah. Grab turtles on a Thursday night. That was the one of our favorite ways to uh, to go. 
I've got a Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> That's too much. Yeah, Sam, we got to get you out here and, and try some of the the food down here in Cincinnati. Cincinnati's a little hidden gem. I'd say yeah. it's like a, a little bit. It's Nashville five years ago without the music, so it doesn't have that trendy woo girl atmosphere. But it's still a fun time. Definitely. Uh, Jesse chiming in. Our first live comment, of course, it comes from Jesse. Great stuff so far. Great content. Oh, Colin loves the Flyers, by the oh, way. Yeah. Colin, big Flyers fan? No. God, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, who is your, your NHL team that you cheer for? Oh, I don't cheer for NHL team. Um, after you've been in the system, you, you kind of become a little bit tarnished or uh, uh, hardened, and you realize that, that there's too much turnover for you to root for just like a I, – I call it rooting for the laundry – so I, I'll root for players, but I don't have a particular team. If I had to pick one team, I would say San Jose Sharks. Because um, my boy, who acted as my first agent, Mike Greer, just got the uh, the general manager job out there. So I, I guess my allegiance goes with Mike. And who are some of those other players that you, you like to root for along the way? Um, like growing up, Crosby was my guy. So that, that's definitely why I'm a huge Flyers fan. Um, and then like... Guys who I've skated with and trained with. So I know, I know most of the Bruins guys. So like Pasternak, Bergeron, um, they're, they're guys who I definitely want to root for. Um, I really like Will Carlson on Vegas because he is a person who never seemed to like get his opportunity in Columbus. And then they like fuck him, send him out of town. And he goes to Vegas and he absolutely crushes it. He has a smoke show wife now and he's making about $10 million. So it's just like, that one guy, like the rest of us in the minors to an extent, like never got that opportunity. You're only as good as your opportunity. And he got his opportunity and showed what he could do with it. Jesse says, I love this guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sam, do we have a, an ad read that we need to do here? Yeah, Righteous Felon. Righteous Felon. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, righteous Felon beef jerky. We've all been there. Three o'clock p.m. rolls around. It's too late for lunch, too early for dinner. But that growling in your stomach needs an answer. When that mid-afternoon hunger rolls around, reach for a bag of Righteous Felon beef jerky. Made in Westchester, Pennsylvania, Righteous Felon has tons of flavors like OG Hickory, Baby Blues Barbecue, and Habanero Escobar to fill you up right. Use the promo code OCSN at checkout on RighteousFelon.com for 15% off your order. That's OCSN for Old City Sports Network on your jerky bundles, meat sticks, and more. Righteous Felon Snack cabinet contraband, fresh from the smokehouse. It's delicious. It's so good. I, I need to get my, my next order in, and hopefully that gets here before our, uh, our hockey trip next week. Heading up to Columbus and Detroit on uh, Friday and Saturday. So. That new Little Caesars uh, arena is unreal. It is. It's so uh, it's part of it. Um, last season, my friend Bobby Shea coaches uh, the Little Caesars U18 youth program, and they share the facility. Mm-hmm. So... We got the all access behind the scenes tour, and then we got to watch the the uh, the lightning beat the wheels off the, the Red Wings that night. They were beating the wheels off a lot of teams over the last couple of seasons. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Let's see what else did we want to talk with you about here? How? Let's talk about your your overseas time on your trip. How did playing overseas in Germany for a year shape your hockey jersey uh, journey, both on and off the ice? um quite a bit this this could go quite a few ways but uh i really enjoyed my time in germany and um i had all intentions of staying in europe i actually signed a two-year deal with my best friend um to continue playing in germany with a better team in a higher league and then about 
two or three weeks before we were supposed to head over to Germany, um, we get the phone call that the coach that we signed with either quit or got another job, something happened to him. And they hired a German guy and he didn't like English speaking people. So I was like, fuck, I don't want to go uh, over to Germany and be on a team with a guy who doesn't speak English. He doesn't like English people. This will just be like a miserable experience. So when that happened, um, it was so late in the summer that all of the other import jobs were, were taken. Um, so I went back to the East Coast League and my whole time I was in the East Coast League that year, like the only intention was to jump ship and go back to Europe. I wasn't like uh, solely on Germany, but I was definitely looking to go back to Europe. Um, so I remember one night when I was in Charleston the following season, I got a phone call and there was this team that really wanted me. And it was like, we're getting on the bus. And I'm like, damn it, do I do I take my bag off the bus or I get on the bus and take this road trip? And I eventually took the road trip and, and got it out in the East Coast League. But um, for, for a player like myself who honestly didn't then have the talent or the opportunity to make the NHL to, to play in Europe is uh it's a much better experience. There's less travel, there's less games, um, there's more money, it's tax free. So yeah, it's it's I I don't regret it at all. I wish I, I wish I had more opportunity to play there. Um what are some of the differences between like the American style of play and ice versus overseas style of play and ice? Because I know <laughs> I know a few players um that have gone overseas. Yeah, there's there's uh overstyle in Europe for sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, in the in the US, um, it's a much more structured game, I would say, in terms of like uh, positioning, and it's a little bit faster paced because the ice is a little bit smaller, so things happen quicker. Where in Europe, uh, the ice is a little bit bigger, so if you do make a mistake, there's opportunity for the person to correct it and and still cut you off, and then. When people have space, they take space. They don't push into the center of the ice as much as they would. They can go wide and things like that. Um, the other part of the game is it's a much softer game in Europe. Um, far less physical than the United States. Even the United States today or in North America today. Uh, like, But with the lack of physicality, there's this like increase in assholes because fighting is kind of non-existent so people can do whatever they want over there so there's tons of guys just slashing and and doing these little like bullshit tic-tac stuff to you that would never happen to you in north america because in north america someone would fight them and it would be over with and like the threat of getting your teeth punched in is far more than a two minute slashing minor like who cares i'm gonna go sit and time out for two minutes but if i'm gonna lose my whole front roll i might not do that next time Right. And is playing something is playing in Europe something that you would recommend for younger players? Maybe someone who is, you know, not quite finding that fit at the AHL level or at one of the other minor leagues, ECHL, SPHL, somewhere there. Absolutely. Yeah. If, if you um if you have the if if you're going to make the NHL, definitely stick it out. Um, but if you aren't gonna make the NHL, go have an experience. Whether that's like a playing experience or the off-ice experience. Like the off-ice experience is the better of the two. It'll, it'll one, give you an appreciation for what we do have in the United States, and two, it'll open your eyes to what we don't have in the United States or in, in Canada. Um, but and and there's some good sightseeing, and not not the buildings. There's there's some attractive women over there if if you're into that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> so 
but the one point of caution is you, you got to do your research. I went, actually went over to Germany for a second time, started my fourth year, and I didn't do my research. I got completely burned. It was an absolute disaster, and I had to flee the country. Um, so, yeah, do your research and get uh, know where you're going and know the details. Try to find someone who's played there previously to, to know everything that's going on. Are you allowed to dig into that one a little bit more? I, I don't know oh, where yeah, that story it. go. So I signed um, – to another team in Germany is called Lindau was this it's right on the uh, corner of Austria, Switzerland and Germany. And um, I, I was told we're going to be one of the best teams in the league. We'll have another North American uh, import on the team. So another English speaker, uh, I'm going to be driving a great car. I'm going to have my own private beach house. Uh, the rink's great. Everything about it was going to be top notch first class. I show up, they give me a smart car with the logo of the team brand, an orange logo of the team brand on the side. I meet the other import who's from Slovakia. He speaks less English than anybody else in the entire team. Um, I check into my apartment. I'm in the basement of some old guy's house, like 15 minutes off the beach. Uh, the rink has no walls to it. The bathroom for the home dressing room is in the visitor's dressing room to take a shower after the game. And the dressing room is only five feet tall. And there was no ice in the rink because the, uh, it was too warm out. It was still summer. So I never actually skated at that rink. And the day before our first game, we did all pre- we, were, we were driving our own personal vehicles like an hour to go practice every day preseason. And an hour before our first game, I'm uh, sorry, the day before our first game, we were supposed to have our first practice at the rink. Coach calls me and he's like, hey, Colin, I smelt it in the rink. So we're just going to do a spinning class instead. And I go, no, no fucking way. No fucking way. I've had too much of this. And at that moment, I clicked. I'm like, I'm leaving. Fuck this. I'm leaving. So uh, luckily, the rink had no walls. So it was pretty easy to break into it and steal my gear out of it. <laughs> so I stole my gear. And um, I also like changed my return flight from april to the next day and when i did that um i must have sent an email or confirmation to the person who booked it on the team side so the team got notification that i was leaving and they started calling me and texting me and my agent was calling me and texting me like hey you can't leave if you leave we're going to cancel your visa we're going to lock we're going to cancel this flight we're going to lock your player's card this and i'm like i don't care do what you want i don't care i'm leaving so i catch a, uh, a train to switzerland overnight um, and I'm sitting in the Swiss airport for like 10 hours until my flight. And the entire time I'm there, I don't know if they actually did cancel my plane ticket. So as I'm like walking up to the, uh, the ticket counter to like check in and, or to get on the plane and my boarding pass and I hand it and it scans green. I felt like Ben Affleck and Argo escaping from, uh, I think it was Iran. Like it was such a, fulfilling thing because i thought i was going to be stuck in this place playing for this shithole team for another year and like wasting a year of my life and thankfully i didn't have to that's absolutely insane i was not ready for that to be the the answer anytime a story starts with a smart car with a logo branded on it it's got to be a a smart car is the worst car in the planet it is 
and automatic, but you still have to shift the gears up and down. They don't go left or right. It's just up and down. It's like those little childish cartoon games, and it only gets like 25 miles to a gallon. What's the point? My Chevy Cruze gets 33. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, totally defeats the purpose. Oh, my God. Okay. Con, I want to touch on something else that uh, that you had mentioned there, and you kind of you make it a point to um, mention that when you were cut from your youth team at age six, and you you kept persevering until you made it, you came back from Germany and and playing in a terrible situation over there, and came back and just kept grinding it out and grinding it out. What advice would you give to a young hockey player who is cut from their team? Use it as a motivation. Uh... They might not think you're good enough, but if you think you're good enough, then that's all that matters. And and just keep moving forward. Yeah, I like I remember I played on my my first team ever. I played the whole season with it. And then the following season, I was the only person on that team not good enough to make the team the next year. So I was cut from my might hockey team at six years old. And then from then on, it was like a springboard. And I, I kind of like exploded to an extent from there on. And Everybody else I played with, nobody, none of them ever even played college hockey from that team that I was not good enough for. Um, so use it as motivation and just keep moving forward. And and maybe there is something that you did that's not good enough and, and find the, the flaws in your game. Be honest with yourself and and try to, to fill those holes and, and be a more rounded, better player. That's great advice. <clears throat> I think there's a moment for most hockey players where you have to have that hard truth moment of I'm not going to make it to the NHL, whether that's, I'm not going to get that opportunity or my personal talent level just isn't there. What was that moment like for you? And how did you use that to further motivate yourself to find other avenues to stay around the game? Um, so that moment first hit me when I was like 15 years old, I was like, if I even play college hockey, it would be a miracle. Never mind um, NHL. Like that was so far out of the question. Like any kind of professional hockey was so far out of the question. Um, and then I ended up playing college hockey. And one of the guys I played with um, was getting looked at by the Minnesota Wild. I'm like, hey, if he can get some some action with Minnesota, like maybe there is an option here. So that kind of like gave me a 1% hope again. And then um, – during the summer, I was skating with a lot of the guys in the Bruins and Don Sweeney would come out, the general manager of the Bruins. And there was a moment where uh, it was like a 50-50 if I was going to get signed by the Bruins um, for the following season on on a two-way contract, not for the NHL team, but just to be in the system. Um, and it turned out that they went with like a six foot five guy instead because they had uh, – they got pushed around, I guess, the year before in playoffs. So they didn't need any more skill. They needed a bit more uh, grunt. So when that happened, I was like, well, this is probably – that was probably as close as I'd ever get, and and it was. Um, so when my career ended, I, I distanced myself a lot from the game. I didn't watch a hockey game for four years. I didn't skate for four or five years after. Um, I only recently started skating about uh, eight months ago for the first time. Um, and then I didn't have any association with the game besides like a few people, but I didn't, didn't like keep tracks on the game um, until about a year ago is when I started to uh, ease back into the hockey society. I like how you put it, the society. <laughs> yeah. It's like a cult. 
It kind of is in a way. That's it's not wrong. Small. It's very small. I was saying this to somebody the other day. It's like as crazy as it is, the uh, the hockey world gets so infinitely small at the top. And I didn't even get to the top, but I'm still one person away from any player in the NHL. As weird as that is, makes sense. I mean. Yeah, it's, it's a small world. We found out, you know, when we were talking off air before the show that uh, we you and I live just away. a few blocks away from each other here. So, yeah, uh, just a, a small world connection there. Just the way that hockey, it, it's always somebody knows somebody one way or another. You, you can get just about anywhere in the league just knowing the right people. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So uh, go to www.oldcitysports.com. That's old with an E and check out all of our other podcasts, articles and more. We've got a Flyers podcast, uh, Phillies podcast, which let's, you know, hope for the best for them. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. That sports podcast. What was that? I, said, I don't know that we need to lament the Phillies tonight just yet, but uh, not looking great. I have no idea. <laughs> um, and yeah, we've got us. Well, Colin, I want to ask you uh, a little bit more about uh, some of your playing experience. And I want to ask you about one of Sam's favorites in the <laughs> hockey world, Pat Nagle, and uh, your time playing with Pat Nagle. Pat's a great guy. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so I played with him for, for a short stint when I was on Fort Wayne. But uh, he was like the first guy to come up and say, like, hey, let's go to dinner tonight. Um, so him and his roommate, um, why can't I think of his name right now? Jesus. Emmerich. I can't, sorry. I'm, I'm blanking. Um, but yeah, the three of us went to dinner and then we go back to his apartment and it's just like the wildest setup. They have double decker, like, uh, couches, like one, like a movie theater in their apartment. Sorry, I'm going the wrong way. So they have like the normal couch on the floor and they had one like on stilts behind it. And then they had about seven or eight TVs lined up in a row, like 70 inch TVs, uh, huge boom boxes. Like it was, it was a good time to be there. Um, but he was a hell of a goalie. And then to for, see him playing in the Olympics was so cool to like, to go from the coast of the Olympics in a few seasons was unreal. Yeah. He, uh, he's, he's a good guy. Uh, I talk very highly about him. He, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to press for an interview. I got an interview with him uh, over the summer. You know, he's one of the very, very, very rare goalies. That's actually fairly normal and like really cool to be around. Most of them are yeah. complete space cadets and and out there, but he's one of like the most normal, best guys I know. When another one of our teammates, Kyle Thomas, got married. He was the only guy from the Fort Wayne team to come out to his wedding. And it was like no time off. Like we we are not best of friends by any means because I was only there for a few few months. But like second you see each other, it's he's such an easy person to rekindle with and, and just have a good time with. Yeah, he's just such a nice guy. And he's so well received. We're in, in Allentown right now. So yeah. We were definitely really proud when he uh got got called to the Olympics. And he's um He's at training camp with the Flyers right now. They uh, That's cool. put him on a PTO. So probably be sent I mean, back down to Allentown. But <laughs> is that where it's not Lehigh anymore? It is Lehigh. Is that where the the Phantoms, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. 
I want to ask you there, just kind of as a follow-up, what what crazy goalie stories do you have from the road? Because for, for those who aren't, you know, around the hockey game as much, they might not know as closely as, as some of the rest of us do, but goalies really are just a, a different breed. Are there any, I, like, I even, I even tweeted, come to mind? I tweeted out the other day, I'm like, I, this is the hill I'm going to die on, but goalie, all goalies are built different. <laughs> They're weird. Just walk, stand beside the bus when the guys are walking into the rank and you know which one's the goalie. If they're like they don't even look the same. They're all mutants. Most of the guys who play at a high level are like have a sunken in chest and these gangly alien arms and like skinny toothpick legs. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've seen I've seen it all with goalies. I've seen like the complete snap shows like like Tuka Rask who wants to take your head off if you shoot high on him. He, he'll like tomahawk a stick across the ice at you. Or like our goalie in college would stare at dust in the on the floor in the locker room and like track it, like his eyes bulging out of his head. Um, there's another guy who I won't say his name, but he had a, too much fun in Vegas one night and got a Bud Light tattoo on his rib cage the day before he had to get a pinch test for his, see how fat he was at his first yeah. NHL rookie camp. <laughs> and really? then, uh, the worst part about that is they changed the Bud Light logo two days later from like that swooping, Bud Light logo to the new one, so now he's got oh, an animated no. tattoo too. So, yeah, they're they're oh, a rare breed. They definitely are. <laughs> um, Colin, what advice would you give to kids who are looking to go pro or semi-pro? Whether that's coming straight out of high school, whether that's playing D three college hockey as you did, um, what advice would you give to kids that are looking to go pro or semi-pro? Uh, a guy coming straight out of high school, I would say that's it's not the best thing um unless you're going right to the nhl or you're like a highly touted prospect um you're better off going to to juniors and refining your game or um going to college hockey but to to jump from high school into like a very low end like a federal or an sp um to try to make your professional dreams come true is probably not the best in the long term because uh, you're you're sacrificing more than your your worth, or not more than it's your worth, but you're sacrificing more than the opportunity you're going to get in the long run because the oper- the odds of you coming from the Fed or the SP to the NHL are insignificantly small. Um, but if you if you are like a, a college graduate or uh, a guy aging out of junior and, and you have the desire to go pro. Um, Start, start linking up in the hockey community, and it, it is a boys' club. Like I said earlier, the only reason I got my opportunity in professional hockey is because my career acted as my agent, and he knew, he knew the coach of uh, the Wheeling Nailers, so he made a phone call and was on the team the next day. So start tapping into your resources of uh, who you know. Unfortunately, it is a political game, even at the professional level. Um, so at least use your connections to get your foot in the door. And then from there, make the most of your opportunities. That's great stuff. I'm going to need to share that and clip that segment off and share it with my hockey boys that uh, are looking to go to the, the collegiate level here. I'll do that later. <laughs> uh, Norse Beards. Visit www.norsebeards.com and enter promo code OCS for Old City Sports. That'll get you 25% off of your Norse Beard products. Colin's got the little bit of the shadow coming in here. I like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> see if we can't hook you up with some Norse Beard stuff here. Ed. Just uh, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Um, so this question stems from 
someone, I think Jack Eichel, put his game day routine out there and it was absolute insanity. So like, did you have any game day routines when you were in the ECHL or going overseas? Um, nothing, nothing too wild. I'm sure Jack's is much more uh, strenuous than mine. I know Jack, like, <laughs> um, from skating in the summers with him and he was very regimented, regimented. Um, but yeah, game day, if it was like a home game, we wake up at eight, go to the rink at nine, morning skate, nine to 10. Um, I had no superstition. So this is going to be really boring for me. Uh, I'd have lunch after I normally take a nap from one to like two 30. It's uh, the only like goal of mine during the game days. I would try to drink like um, two and a half, three gallons before the game. So I visit the player every two to three minutes. <laughs> But outside of that, there wasn't much, uh, like, routine or anything. Like, I, I didn't have any superstitions or anything very particular. I didn't yeah. even warm up. I would I would go roll out and then hit warm up for, for warming up. Okay. I mean, that's how I get injured. <laughs> I never stretched a day in my life, and I never got, like, a muscle pull, pull either. I don't believe in stretching. I think it's a scam. Did you have any teammates who had any like really weird ones that stuck with you? Um, there's like the, the superstitious guys who like go by the clock where you know exactly where they are at every single second based on like how much time before the game. Um, like they'll be either in this room getting undressed to like, Oh, I got to put my left skate on at 15 minutes on the clock. My right skate on at 13 minutes on the clock, stuff like that. Um, some guys were like pretty particular about what they ate. Like these two guys would only eat at um, Texas Roadhouse on the road pregame, like the night before a game. So they'd be driving in like an hour, hour and a half to go get Texas Roadhouse, which I thought was ridiculous. Well, and especially when you're on the road to, you know, in a, in a place you're not as familiar with. Yeah, Texas Roadhouse isn't exactly. Uh, we'll go like the precinct. You're not, you're not, you're not traveling for some like exclusive experience you're getting pretty generic products so i don't i don't know why they were so particular about that one colin they were traveling for the cinnamon butter that's true honestly yeah they might those those buns will take you right in oh yeah <laughs> all right so the next segment is brought to you by sterling pig brewery out of media pa awesome beer uh i need to get some but media is really far so <laughs> but i gotta drive down and get some Colin, what made you uh, decide on settling on Covington, Kentucky as your, your base of hockey operations? This is kind of, for those who aren't familiar, Covington is right across the border with uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, right across the Ohio River. Um, not necessarily what you would think of as a, a traditional hockey hotbed, um, but still a pretty good hockey area. Uh, how, what made you decide to uh, settle on Covington? Uh, the honest reason is taxes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nothing wrong with that. Uh, yeah, that was the, the only reason between Cincinnati and Covington was it was a uh, tax advantage for me to to set up shop in Covington. Um, but for all intents and purposes, uh, the real base of my business is out of Cincinnati. But for uh, the federal government's concern, we're in Covington. <laughs> there you go. I want to kind of touch on that too. Like why the, why the Cincinnati area as a whole, because being an, an East coast guy from Massachusetts, went to college in Vermont, 
uh, what made Cincinnati kind of your, not necessarily finishing point, but your next stopping point on your, your hockey journey? Yeah, so for whatever reason, I was traded to the Cincinnati Cyclones on three separate occasions in three different years. Um, so when it was all said and done at the end of the day, um, I decided I didn't want to live in Massachusetts because everybody's grumpy and rude there. And you really learn that after you leave. You're like, oh, everybody's miserable here. So I didn't want to become another miserable asshole. Um, and I looked around and I'm like, you know what? The universe keeps sending me to Cincinnati. So I might as well finally listen and, and see what they have to offer. That coupled with uh, the price of real estate in Ohio is exponentially less than it is in Massachusetts. And I wanted to start uh, getting into the real estate market. So I decided uh, since I was spot to be and I started buying up houses and things like that when I came here, that was the, the real uh, draw of leaving Massachusetts for Ohio. I mean, I'd leave Massachusetts to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I would never go back. Never go back. I, I drove in Philly last weekend and I was like, can I just get back to Allentown please? <laughs> Now, let's talk a little bit more about uh, Lugaroo specifically. I want to know how you uh, you came up with the name for starters, because um, when you Google Lugaroo, the first thing you find is a, a Caribbean uh, mythology monster. Yeah. Uh, how did Lugaroo? Uh, how did that become a, a thing and something that you wanted to do, and where that inspiration come from? Um. So I'll I'll break this in a bit. So the name, yeah, it is. I found it. Um on a mythological Wikipedia page. I was looking up different unique names and like, I knew that Nike came from a Greek God, Athena Nike. Um, so that kind of inspired me and I was reading the book Shoe Dog from Phil Knight and I just started Googling different words in different languages and all this other nonsense. And one of the pages I came on was like mythical beasts and I saw Luguru and I just really liked um, the, the, double double o's in it i thought it was like super unique it's something that wasn't listed on the u.s trademark uh department so it was completely wide open for me to get and not have to deal with patent issues or trademark issues um but i, I thought it was just rememberable it was unique i like the repeating patterns of the o's in it um so that was the the origin of the name and then the origin of the business uh i had started another clothing company called vora um about three years ago now and it made high-end men's underwear and men's t-shirts so it's like a very niche high-end product and it's it's very difficult to break into that world um and the hockey world is very small and one day last fall i was at a wedding for my buddy christian manella here in cincinnati and the cyclones equipment manager was there and he was telling me that Adidas, Warrior, nobody was giving them any gear for the following season. Um, that was branded. They were just going to get stuff off the rack. They're like, supply chain. We can't do nothing for you. So I was like, Berkey, I can make, I make clothes. Like, why don't I just make your, your team gear for you? And he's like, seriously? So that it was just off the cuff around the, the dinner table at a wedding. And that night we decided to make all the Cyclones uh, – locker room gear so their hoodies their gym shorts gym shirts all that kind of stuff and then 
Um, another one of my friends heard that I did it for the Cyclones and he wanted me to do a first prep school. And then after that happened, I was like, hey, maybe there's something here uh, more so than the the high-end t-shirts and with Vora. So I, I kind of shifted away from Vora and I started to really focus on um, the team, the team aspect, especially in hockey, because that's where connections are. And then um, through the last uh, few months here, really starting to make some headway. I believe I'll be with 10 professional teams next year uh, for all of their, um, or all or most of their in locker room gear for the, for the teams themselves, not for the fans, but for the teams themselves. So we have like Kalamazoo Wings, the, the Cyclones, obviously, um, be possibly getting in the Cleveland Monsters and the uh, Grand Rapids Griffins. Um, so those would be my first AHL teams. I have the Atlanta Gladiators, the Maine Mariners, Reading Royals, Savannah Ghost Pirates. So really starting to uh, to, to dive into that market, and, and it's been really successful. And coming up uh, October 23rd, I'm actually making a pitch to my old college, Norwich University, to try and uh, acquire their entire athletic program head to toe for men's and women's sports. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, I, I saw on the website, um, the Reading Royals. I was like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're starting to, it's starting to really come um, on my board here. I don't know if you can see that far, but the, the goal was to get four ECHL teams and I got that in, uh, in the first like two months. So now we're, we're trying to get four AHL teams for next season. And I'd like to be the entire uh, East Coast in two. And and within three years, I'm going to be in the NHL locker rooms. Probably with San Jose. I'm going to try and sneak in with my career. <laughs> Yo, you got the in right there. And like yeah. we said, like we talked about earlier, with it being just such a small, you know, small world that this all started from a conversation at a wedding. That exactly. How it far just this organically happened. Um, yeah. And the small world is helps too, because, Two of the guys who purchased from me, the guy who was in uh, Kalamazoo is now in Cleveland for the, the Lake Erie Monsters. And then the guy who bought from me uh, with the Atlanta Gladiators is now the San Jose Barracuda's uh, equipment manager. So it's, uh, it all is funneling up and, and it's looking positive. That's awesome. All right. This next segment is brought to you by Neshaminy Creek Brewing. Visit www.neshaminycreekbrewing.com and check out their awesome beers, merch, and much more. I think we kind of went over this, but what made you come up with the name Lugaroo? <laughs> so, like I said, the, the trademark department, because with Vora, um, I filed the trademark for it, but I got it refused because... They said that it was uh, a common surname. So I, I guess it's a pretty popular last name. So I was like, if I ever do another company, I don't want any trademark issues at all. Like, I just want this smooth sailing. So when I typed in Lugaroo, yeah, like, I really liked the way it looked. I liked the way it sounded. But when I typed it into the, the trademark department's thing, and it was just a blank page, I was like, let's go. This is the one. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and I got to tell you, though, just with uh... – seeing the cyclones gear as well like i work with the the junior team um doing stuff yeah we just did all of the junior guys uh the other day it looks so cool like i i wish i had something like in the house to show you guys um everybody watching at home but like it looks sweet so i'll get some pictures of that up on our uh on our twitter page here too but i mean it it just cameras backwards to screw me up but yeah the the whole idea of lugaroo is to 
cut out the middlemen and cut out like the antiquated styles. Um, so what everybody normally gets is that gilded in cheap cotton trash um, and they pay X for it. Um, or they're buying Nike, Adidas, whatever, but you're not, you're just buying a Nike logo on that same Glidden t-shirt. Um, and the idea with Luguru is to buy a Lululemon quality product or slightly below it for the same price as that Glidden t-shirt. Um, because it's just me in the factory. I don't have to pay distributors. I don't have to pay Dick Sporting Goods. I don't have to pay any of these people in between. So I can get you the highest quality fabrics, like, the cutting edge innovation for similar or maybe like a little bit like a couple pennies more than you're going to pay for that bottom dollar garbage. That's going to give you a huge rash. Yep. I have Adidas. Oh, I have Adidas and a CCM back there. <laughs> well, the jerseys are, are one thing, but I, so I, I did the jerseys for you. So if people who are watching, I don't know if you're listening, it's going to be bad, bad radio, but she's wearing a Jersey <laughs> that I made for her. Actually, I won't say that because it's it's copyright. <laughs> so somebody might have made a jersey for her. Um, but jerseys I do, but they're not my specialty. My specialty is definitely like performance wear. Um, the jerseys, I would say Adidas has probably a leg up on me because they do the NHL, so they have a bit more research and development. But um, I rival or compete or be better than what Adidas is providing the NHL teams for their uh, their locker room apparel. Yeah, I didn't want to show it in case it was a copyright issue. Yeah, we're just so we kind of touched on this one a minute ago with the expansion, but what are some of the other things that are coming up at Luguru that you're excited about? Oh, it's 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 I'm super excited. Um, uh, I love the ability to to re-enter the game um, now, like on my own terms, and to to connect with some like the heart and soul of the game, the equipment managers and people like that, and not have the stress of um, like actually having to perform like I did when I was playing. So like, I love now I also get to travel again and be on my own schedule. So for example, um, on Monday, I'm flying down to Jacksonville and meeting with the Jacksonville uh, Icemen and their youth program. And then like when the season kicks off here in Cincinnati, when any visiting team comes into town, I get to go to morning skate and sit on the bench and just have a chat with the equipment manager and see what like his problems are and try to solve them. I, I love that aspect of it. Um, but I also love the opportunity. It's kind of like a, an open slate. It can be as big or as small as I want it to be, which is something that I wouldn't have in a traditional job. You know, if, you, your opportunity is kind of limited to to what your employer is willing to give you but uh when you run your own business um you have that that freedom so i i, I really genuinely think uh that luger is going to be one of the big names in not only the sport of hockey but in this the the fashion apparel world um i, I joke with my friends i'm like i'm coming for under armor i want that number three spot uh, I'll let Adidas and Nike stay one and two. Uh, I'll relinquish that title, but I'm coming for number three, Under Armour, watch your back. There you I'm go. Under Armour, so. <laughs> like half yes, my we're... closet is Under Armour. Well, we're going to have to change that soon. <laughs> uh, one final question for you here, Colin. Uh, oh, I guess we'll do the do the ad read first. Sam, you want to do that one? My bad. Um, 
Buffalo Bayou Brewing, visit www.buffbrew.com and check out their menu of beer and food. And if you're in the Houston area, go check it out. So Colin, I wanted to ask you, for anybody who is looking to get some more hockey apparel, whether that's a, a team need or an individual need, uh, how can our listeners get in contact with you? Where can they find more of your work? Um, the best way to be just email me, M-U-L-L-E-Y at Lugaru, L-O-O-G-A-R-O-O dot C-O. A lot of O's there. Um, or you can just hit my contact on the website. Um, the website is, it's pretty bad right now. It's <laughs> it's a work in progress we're trying to make it look as good as a close soon um but it's set up to be like an inquiry platform um there's nothing to there's a few items to to purchase directly but uh if you have a team or an outfit that you're looking to get some apparel with best just to reach out to me and then we'll try to fulfill your goals and and make you looking good like the junior cyclones are right now awesome got that right well, Colin, thank you so much for your time tonight. Really appreciate, especially with the Bengals game going on right now, too. That's uh, I don't know oh, if you're a Bengals fan at all, but not at all, no chance. Football <laughs> fan in any way, or, or I root for Tom Brady. That's it. Fair enough. Tom's my guy. Massachusetts kid makes sense. <laughs> Excuse me. No surprise there. All right. Well, that about uh, does it for uh, our show tonight. I want to thank uh, Colin once again. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us tonight, and we'll we'll have to get you back on here again soon. And uh, thank you as well for uh, for sponsoring our show and making this possible. Yeah. No. Uh, let me know whenever you need me, and I'll, I'll come fill some air. Awesome. Appreciate it. <clears throat> That is it for tonight's episode of American Beauties. A reminder: you can find us uh, across the Old City Sports Network (OCSN). Um, thank you to all of our sponsors as well: uh, Righteous Felon, the Chamonix Creek Brewing. Norse Beards, Buffalo Bayou, Sterling Pig, the Old City Sports Network, and of course, Lugaroo. Thank you so much for being a sponsor of the show. Uh, for Colin and Sam, my name is Dan Bradley. Enjoy the rest of your night, everybody.